Adrian pressed his glasses up on the bridge of his nose. On the street below, a little girl was being dragged from beneath a tour bus where she must have been hiding all afternoon. She was sobbing hysterically, and even from so high above, Adrian could see a string of gold thread still tied around her throat. He wondered what the puppeteer had made her do. His jaw clenched. Most of the anarchist's identity had been known for years. Winston Pratt, Ingrid Thompson, Honey Harper, Leroy Flynn. But Nightmare? She was new. A mystery and a threat. When he closed his eyes, he could see her, the slightest glint of her eyes visible in the shadow of her hood, without expression, without remorse, without fear. Even as she'd said those words, the words that had haunted him for years, even now he couldn't be sure whether he'd imagined her saying them, that it hadn't been part of a dream played out while he'd been unconscious. One cannot be brave who has no fear. He released a shuddering breath. It hadn't been a dream. She had said them. It couldn't be a coincidence. Nightmare, he whispered. Who are you really? That's a quote from Renegades by Marissa Meyer. This is why a book chat, and I'm your host, Leah Stuhler. Hey everyone, let me just take a minute to tell you about another podcast that I really enjoy. If you love books, fandom discussions, and having a good time, join your new internet friends as they take on such topics and more. Hosted by a group of published authors, Reading Queens is a podcast for every book lover. Every week, the ladies get together to blab about their favorite books, why they love them, and the book boyfriends they wish were real. You can find the episodes on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, with a new episode launching every Wednesday. And now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of YA Book Chat. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I am very excited to welcome a brand new patron to the YA Book Chat family. I want to say hello to Danny and thank you for joining my Patreon. Thank you to all my Patreon members. I really appreciate your support. Today, we are going to be covering the book Renegades by Marissa Meyer. I am so excited to finally be getting into this series. Um, I, it's one of my absolute favorites, and I love it. And don't worry, I do plan to eventually get to Cinder of the Lunar Chronicles as well. Um, so that will be coming down the road. And of course, because I am covering Marissa Meyer, I have to have my friend Bethany from Prince Kai Fanpod on. Hey, Bethany. <laughs> Can't do Marissa Meyer without me, right? <laughs> of course not. It is a must. If Marissa Meyer is going to be on my podcast, well, I mean, if I'm covering one of her books. Because she's come <laughs> on before. <laughs> she has come on. <laughs> but if- I remember, um, so young adult-ish book club podcast, uh, they just did Cinder and they did a part one and part two. And I started listening to the part one and I was like slightly insulted that they didn't invite me. Oh. And like halfway through the episode, one of them was like, we should really email Prince Kai Fanpod and see if she'll come do the other half with us. And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so they, so I ended up emailing them and I was like, Hey, I just listened to the episode. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty much a given that anytime any book podcaster, young adult book podcaster covers anything Marissa Meyer that they just yeah, need to have you. My area. Yeah. Marissa even said I'm an expert at this point. So 
I, I, I agree feel like with I'm that. certified now. <laughs> well, yeah. If the author herself gives you the thumbs up and the approval, then you are definitely the expert. Yay. Life, life goals accomplished. Yes. All right. Well, what are you? So I know uh, you're busy with grad school and going crazy right now. Are you able to read anything at all? Are you reading anything? I actually am finishing the last book in the Vampire Academy series. Oh, yes. I have been listening to it on audio at like 1.5 speed. <laughs> so I've been listening to it like when I can, like when I go for a run, when I'm cleaning the house, when I'm cooking dinner. So uh, earlier today, I was listening to it while I was crocheting a surprise for a friend of mine. But yeah, I don't read as much as I would like to. I think prior to grad school, I was reading like two or three books a week. And now it's probably like two or three a month at the most. Yeah. But that's why I love audiobooks so much. Yes. Audiobooks are fantastic. I actually myself just started a brand new audiobook this week. The audiobook that I am listening to is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Oh, I just downloaded that, but I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause when, when the book first started and you realize what situation she's in, I was like, well, why would she do that to herself? And then you get to a certain point and you're like, Oh, I see. I gotcha. So it's, um, it's really cool. It's a really, it's a very interesting read, not a YA. Um, but that's okay. So oh, I just, it's not YA. It's not YA. Mm-mm. I did not know that. Nope, it is not. So I won't. Is it considered new adult or just general fiction? She's 23. Um, so new adult So I think new adult-ish. Yeah, yeah. That's what it seems like. So it's always strange to think of young adult and then that's like ages 15 to 18. It's like, yeah. I want to be a young adult and I'm 30. So I know. It's so <laughs> weird. I don't want to be um, an old adult at 30. Then like what happens when I get older than that? Like. No. Setting us up to fail. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) We don't we don't need to think about that. We we don't need to put labels on any ages. We don't. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't think that's wise. So (laughs) but I don't know, maybe um that will pop up in the future as a Patreon bonus episode. We'll see. Yes. And then I am three quarters of the way through reading Realm Breaker by Victoria Aveyard. Although by the time this comes up, I will actually have it finished. (laughs) Yeah. By the time this comes out, I'm hoping to have the Vampire Academy series finished. um, And I'm hoping to finish the, after that, I'm planning on finishing the Stalking Jack the Ripper series, which I stopped reading so I could read this series because Amanda from Fictional Hangover Podcast was very persistent and I trust her. So I was like, you're right. I will stop doing what I'm doing. I will prioritize this series. I do like it. So here's something funny, uh, which is involving Vampire Academy and then we'll move on to Renegades. So... (laughs) I um I have not read Vampire Academy, but I've actually read the spin-off series, which is called oh, really? Bloodlines. Yeah. Somebody That's so funny. Well, there's um a book exchange that I do every year with this group that I met on Facebook. And you know, you just write like the type of books that you read, your favorite genre and authors and that kind of thing. And then somebody just sends you books. Like That's so fun. they sent me um the Bloodline series, and I was like, well. I haven't read Vampire Academy, but she was like, no, it's okay. If you haven't, you can still read this on its own. I was like, 
okay. So, so I've read this spinoff series, which was good. I enjoyed it, but I've not read Vampire Academy. I actually really like Vampire Academy. I have very limited vampire experience. Um, Mm. I I watched like Buffy and Angel because that Mm. was very popular when I was, you know, a teen. Um, I watched Lost Boys once when I was a kid. It gave me nightmares. Oh, yeah. I can see why. (laughs) And then I read Twilight when I was in my early 20s. So past the the Mm. time when I probably would have enjoyed it more. So reading this series, I'm like, why is Twilight so popular? This is way better. Yeah. Like this is way better than Twilight. Where's the TV series for this? Right. So like franchise. I I have like a love-hate relationship with young adult vampire books in that Bloodlines is actually the only young adult vampire series that I've read that I've enjoyed. I have read like three other ones and hated them all and could just couldn't do it. Now, give me adult vampire and I'm there. Like it's, I've loved it, but I can't, I, I, for some reason I can't do young adult vampire. What it's I like about this one is there's no like 200 year age gap. You know, something that really irritates me or gets frustrating with me is it's like these vampires have been on the planet for a hundred years or an angel's case, 300 years. <laughs> and they're still like, I go to high school and it's like, why? Right. And then it's like, I'm 300 years old and I'm going to fall in love with this 16 year old. And it's like, I don't care if you're still in a 17 year old's body. This is weird. Yeah, it is. This is weird. So Vampire Academy, (laughs) none of them are more than like five to seven years apart. And I'm like Mm -hmm. that. I'm okay. That I can deal with. That's fine. Yeah. When you, when you have the, after you do like Stalking Jack, the Ripper series, if you feel like going back to vampires, you should read Bloodlines as well I thought about it simply because I've enjoyed her writing so much because I Mm -hmm. also own I bought all of the glittering court by her but I haven't read those yet but I bought them specifically because like that cover was just like I couldn't not buy them yeah and I had like a buy one get two free at the time and I was and they were all hardcover so I was like um spend 25 dollars on 60 dollars worth of (laughs) books yes that's fine definitely (laughs) that works (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into some renegades now. I'm so excited to talk about this book. Um, So just as a reminder for everybody listening, um, the first like 15-ish minutes will be spoiler free. And then if you have not read this book yet, I will give you a warning before we go into the spoiler section. Okay. Um, So I'm going to give you guys a quick plot overview of the book. I'm actually just going to read the description on the back of the book because it's, it's perfect. The renegades are a syndicate of prodigies humans with extraordinary abilities who emerged from the ruins of a crumbled society and established peace and order where chaos reigned. As champions of justice, they remain a symbol of hope and courage to everyone, except the villains they once overthrew. Nova has a reason to hate the renegades and she is on a mission for vengeance. As she gets closer to her target, she meets Adrian, a renegade boy who believes in justice and in Nova. But Nova's allegiance is to a villain who has the power to end them both. So I, when I first read this book, I just immediately fell in love with it. It's such a great, fun book. But why don't you go first with telling everybody kind of your overall thoughts and what you really like about it? So I'm not big on superheroes. I am sensitive to strobe effects and pretty much every superhero action movie 
there's strobe effects at some point. If it's mm-hmm. not their powers, if there has to be a lightning storm, if there's not a lightning storm, of <laughs> course we have to have some warehouse building where the lights don't work because why would they ever work even if it's a million dollar building? Yep. So <laughs> I don't do a lot of superhero stuff. And I read this because it's Marissa. Right. At this point, when Renegades came out, I had read Heartless and I loved it. I'd read all of Lunar Chronicles and I loved it. So I was just like, well, why wouldn't I love it? It's still the same writer. Right. And I remember after the first like two chapters, I was just hooked. Like I remember going and telling my husband, like, this is an all nighter. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but this is this is I'll talk to you in 21 hours when I finish this. Like, um, so yeah, I, my first overall impression was just like, man, I can't believe I've been missing out on some of this really cool superhero stuff because it's so well developed and so thought out. And of course, Marissa as a writer isn't like, I'm going to do a superhero book. So here's these cool superheroes. She's like, no, let's introduce politics. Let's introduce Mm -hmm. uh, relationship dynamics. Let's try to create an entire world and civilization that has its own problems and issues outside of the norm of just like, look at my cool power. Now I'm going to save the world. And I thought that was of course, great on her part. Yeah. And I definitely agree. Um, It's, and it's just a really fun, like good versus evil kind of story. But the thing is like something that I really like about it too, that makes it different from other superhero stories is that there's really kind of a thin line between who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, you know, because it's like, it's obvious, like, okay, the renegades are the good guys, but at the same time, when, yeah, I feel like the renegades are the accepted good guys. But that yeah. doesn't mean that they are innocent. That makes sense? Yes. Yeah, no, completely. And the anarchists, it's like, you know, Nova and her friends, you feel for them. You're like, no, you actually had some really bad stuff done to you by the renegades. So maybe they're actually the bad guys and you're the good guys. You know, like it's just, it's a very thin line that she walks between them, which I think is really cool because it, it makes the book that much more interesting. Cause you're, as you're reading it, then you're like, Oh man, how do I want this to happen? Or do I want this to happen? Do I want Nova to succeed? Or do I want Adrian to succeed in this way? Like, so it's, it's kind of a really fun, um, interesting dynamic that happens in the book. I think also when you're reading, you go back and forth, like you Mm -hmm. read certain parts and you're like, no, the renegades are the good guys. And then you read another part and you're like, the renegades are really shady. Maybe they're not the good guys. Maybe the (laughs) anarchists are the good guys. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I think that, you know, that's another testament to her as a writer that while we're reading the book, we still don't know which side we're on. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know if that's too much of a spoiler, but I think that carries out the whole series. It carries out like that. Yeah, no, that's, and that's not a spoiler. Uh, Cause, and I agree with that completely. It's funny, like, because coming back to it and rereading it, cause I've, you know, read it before. So this was not the first time, um, but I still felt the same way. Like I still had all those kind of emotions and stuff of thinking like, no, wait, you know, trying to rethink it and be like, no, you're the good guy. No, you're the good guys. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so it was fun that I still, even though I've read it before, like I still had that again. Um, I think for me more like the reread was more now that I know what happens at the end <laughs> of the trilogy, <laughs> like pick, trying to pick up clues. Me too. Like, and also like, thinking ahead for my podcast in mm-hmm. four years. 
Yes. When we yes. finally get to this When series. you finally get there. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Hold on. It's going to be a while. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah. Another thing that I really like about it too is all of them, whether they're an anarchist or a renegade, have really unique superpowers. And it's not just like cut and dry, like everybody was born with these superpowers. No, everybody with really cool origin stories. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of them were born with them, but some of them weren't. And and so I really, I love that the origin stories for those who weren't born with them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you're like an anime person or not, but this series has always really reminded me of an anime called My Hero Academia, where they are all born with not not powers they call them quirks and some quirks are like really useful and can be for heroics and some quirks it's like you know you can use this to like help build stuff or help make clothes but like it has nothing to do with being a hero Um, right and so this series always reminded me a little bit of that dynamic like there's so many different superhero powers and some of them it's like that's a really cool power but it's not really a quote renegade power you know, it's not right. the elite. It's not the type of power that we could utilize. Right. I just, I just love how they're all so different. And like we, and we do have a chapter where we get like multiple, you know, the different renegades characters backstories. And it's really mm-hmm. cool to hear all of them and kind of see where they came from. So, and this is not a spoiler everybody because it's in the front cover of the book. <laughs> So Marissa gives this information before she starts chapter one. So, you know, I'm not spoiling anything, but like the renegade. So Adrian is called sketch. He can bring his drawings and artwork to life real quick. Just how much I love that we get this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I can't tell you how many books I've read where there's so (sighs) many characters that like, I have to Mm -hmm. go back and like, wait, which one was that character and what was their power again? Yeah. Um, and so I think this is just magnificent, especially your first time reading it. You know, if you're halfway through the book and they're like Thunderbird and then it's like, what was her power again? Mm-hmm. You know, you can go back to the front. I mean, Thunderbird's kind of a giveaway, right? But what if they just call her <laughs> Tamaya? Who was Tamaya? They all have two names. Yes. So I just want to say how much I, I love and appreciate that she gave us this at the beginning so we can just go back and get it ourselves if we want it. Agreed. This fantastic cast of characters. It's so helpful. I love that too. It's really good. I actually, I almost like, so Realm Breaker is, is really good and I'm enjoying it, but I almost kind of wish, and now it's not the type of story where the author would do a cast of characters at the front, (laughs) but I kind of wish there was one because at some points I'm like, wait a minute, who was connected to who and who was related to who? I will say though, she created and put in the book in the front cover and back cover, a very elaborate map of her world. And my word, I am so glad that that is there because there are so many different like countries and lands that she mentions, I would be lost. So like when authors, when there's a map in the book and there's something like this with the cast of characters, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah. I'm actually having my sister, Lindsay, help me make a map right now. The book I'm working on, it takes place at a summer camp. Nice. And so I'm having my sister Lindsay help me come up because I can't draw to save my life. So I'm having <laughs> her help me come up with a, a map for mine. Cause I was like, I feel like, you know, if you've got to the camp, they would give you a map. So why wouldn't you get yeah. one when you read the book? Right. 
good right? idea. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> maps make the books a lot more fun. They do. I always it, enjoy it's good so map. fun to just sit there and look at the map and try to absorb the world that they're in. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah, so let's see. So we've got Adrian who can bring his drawings and his artwork to life. Best power ever. Right? Except my my problem would be that I am not good at drawing. But if you're Adrian, well, but he you took, develop he the took skill. classes right. and stuff, right? So. Which you would have to do. I would have to do that as well. But it's, I mean, think about it. You could draw anything you wanted or need. Yeah. Like you could design your own clothes to look however the heck you wanted. You could, you know, you wouldn't have to really buy a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it would be fit. You could just draw it and pull it out. It'd be great. My favorite is, and this isn't really a spoiler, I don't think, but is um, the dinosaur the baby velociraptor. Oh, it's so cute, right? <laughs> I love the baby velociraptor. So, um, okay. So then Dana, who can transform into a swarm of monarch butterflies, which is really cool and helpful, but also has flaws, which I can't really say too many of the flaws right now because that would be spoilery. But so that, that power is like, it's really unique and interesting, but definitely has some downsides to it. And then, okay. I found Ruby's super interesting because when she gets wounded about her, Ruby's, I, I, I well, I'm a yes. girl, but that's just me. I know. I know. We've definitely had this discussion before. I think, I think uh, Taylor asked Marissa and Marissa answered um, that it's dead. So it doesn't count. I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. So in case you, and I think her face was just like, Really? Why are you guys paying this much attention? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so in case you haven't read the book yet, Ruby's power is that, well, when she gets wounded, her blood crystallizes into weaponry. Um, and so Bethany is referring to like, well, menstrual. what happens when her, yeah, her menstrual cycle. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And then, okay, Oscar's power is really cool too, though, because he can summon smoke and vapor at will. Like, I mean, think about it. You're out somewhere, right? Walking around. Maybe some creepy dude starts following you or something. You just like, you know, summon some smoke and then he can't see you anymore and you can get away. And it's great. I don't know. There could be lots of uses for that. Some of the powers I was, I, I underestimated the advantages they would cause. Like, I remember when I first was reading this, I was like, butterflies. Okay. But you know, the more you think about it, the more you're mm-hmm. like, actually, yeah, that would be cool that there are advantages of that. I can see that now. Really good know, at spying but, on people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sneaking in and out of places. Yep, exactly. So and then Nova's is really cool too, because she can put people to sleep by touching them. Like, let me tell you as a mother, like, that's what I, I was want. Just you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I we mean, were just talking about how tired I was. I was oh like, my gosh. man, that would be helpful. <laughs> it, I mean, at the age my kids are now, it's like, whatever, they go to bed pretty well. But when they were babies, oh my gosh, that would have been like the best power to have. My Time thing for is, does it work on dogs? <laughs> because is terrified of storms so we usually give him a benadryl like tonight it's supposed to thunder between 11 p.m and 5 a.m so we're probably going to give him a benadryl at like 10 yeah (laughs) but if i could just let him sleep sound soundlessly or whatever oh man 
then I could just like pet him until he fell asleep. And then I would know that he'd be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, let's see. Well, okay. So we have the detonator and cyanide who kind of have, you know, they can do like bombs and poisons and stuff, which is really cool, but nothing crazy. Um, Phobia. You know, I mean, he can transform himself and his scythe into um, anything that people are afraid of. That's just kind of like, if you are a really mean, nasty person, you would want that power. (laughs) It's almost like, how do you not have that power and weaponize it? Right? I feel like you couldn't. Like, if you had that power, that's what it would, because what else would you do with it? How else would you There's nothing else you can do with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the puppeteers is just creepy because he can turn people into like mindless puppets and they do whatever he tells them. Kids. Kids. Right. Which is even worse. Kids. He can turn kids into mindless puppets. We don't mess with kids. (laughs) No, no. He's really, he's really bad. Um, And then, okay. Queen Bee, Honey Harper. Now, Again, her power on first glance, it's like, okay, she can control bees, but then it's like, (laughs) no way she can control bees and wasps and hornets and anything else that has like a stick up its butt. Got it. That's actually pretty wicked. I mean, you could send those towards all your enemies and you'd have honey all the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I, I would never want that power. Currently, as I am allergic to all such things, although I would, I would suppose if I had that power, then obviously I would not be allergic to them. So that really doesn't matter, I guess. But whatever, I had to think that one out. <laughs> Process. I like yeah. bees. It's fine. I don't like wasps or hornets, but bees are fine. <laughs> yeah. But if I had that power, I probably would like wasps and hornets, right? So mm-hmm. there's that. Yeah. But then. So then we have the, like, they have those like unique powers, but then the Renegades Council has like the typical superhero powers. Like I can control water or one can turn invisible and one has like um, super strength and is invincible. And, uh, you know, we've got- One is a giant bird creature. Yes. And can control thunder and lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one can manipulate light and darkness. So- yeah, so it's fun because there's just like a whole array of um, superpowers. So, and then the last thing that I wanted to say before we go into spoilers too, as I, what I really enjoy too is that it has a really great ending that leads into book two. Like it's an awesome cliffhanger, dun 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 kind of ending, and I really like that. Perfect. I, I remember getting to two. that cliffhanger and being like, whoa, I did not see that coming. And then like <laughs> piecing back the the puzzle and being like, mm-hmm. no, wait, that does make sense. But like, I was just so caught up in the story that that, that reveal didn't occur to me. So if you haven't read that part, pause, go finish. It's amazing. If, if yeah. you're in a hurry, I highly recommend the audiobooks by Rebecca Solaire and I know it might seem intimidating, but if you put it at like 1.5 to two speed after like three or four minutes, you get used to it. So <laughs> you get the information much faster. If anything, when you go back to reading your with like your eyes on a page, you're like, man, I'm the slowest reader in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. It is funny because re- rereading it again. I see all the hints and the symbol, you know, yes. that lead up to that. But, you know, the, your first time through, you don't because you don't know. You don't know. So That's it's a why really I love great Easter review. eggs so much. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. 
We will have so many Easter eggs when we get to this series. Yes. I don't even know how I'm yes, going to keep track will. of all of them. I don't know. It's Good luck with that. <laughs> right? Some of them. So I've done episodes with Marissa before and I'll always ask her about Easter eggs. And sometimes she's like, you know, that is an Easter egg, but I didn't think about it. And sometimes she's like, mm-hmm. you just find Easter eggs that aren't even there, don't you? And I'm like, yep. Um, but I know one time she was like, now are you going to cover Renegades? And I said, yes. And she's like, because that series, I put effort into the foreshadowing in that series. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm going to have to put a lot of work into making sure I find all of that, those little foreshadowing Mm -hmm. hints that we get. And what's crazy is that there's one major thing she puts in book one and book two but you don't really find out. It's not revealed till the end of book three. And you're like, what? I totally, how did I not see this? Very vague. Yeah, they are really vague. Very vague. vague. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because when I was reading this, I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> I was like, like oh, that purposely is reading those parts okay. very carefully. So, yeah, absolutely. And now, if anybody is listening, they have not read this book yet. They're like, what the heck are you talking about? But I can't tell you. I'm sorry. Because that's a spoiler for book three. And I'm not learning that. (laughs) All right. But speaking of spoilers, it is time to go into our spoiler section. So if you have not yet Renegades, um, (laughs) first rush out and read it. And then um, when you finish reading it, come back and listen to the rest of the episode. And of course, if you have read Renegades or if you haven't, but you just don't care about spoilers, then please continue listening. All right. You have been warned. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into the good stuff. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, I think obviously we kind of have to start with Nova's backstory because that's what propels the entire book. Like that's her whole reasoning behind everything that she does in the book, you know, with her parents um, being I love killed. her backstory and it also fills me with so much guilt every time I read it. Yes. Over Evie. B- yes. Well, and she was, I mean, filled with guilt. Like, how do you, she gets, she leaves, the roaches are in there, they kill her parents, she runs in the closet to hide and then she realizes she leaves her baby sister out there. Her baby sister. Like baby. she's not used to having a little sister to look out for. No. And she's she, and she was scared. So she was like, oh, I have to run and hide. It was like an afterthought. And I just know like if it were me, that guilt would eat me alive. Oh yeah. Completely. Because then because then she has to hear as her baby sister gets shot. And then she comes out when when her uncle, when Ace gets there to, and rescues her. And she has to see Evie's dead little baby body, which is really sad. It's overwhelming. Oh, so yeah. So Ace comes in and rescues her because the renegades never come. So that's her whole thing is like, well, the renegades are not heroes. They stink because they didn't come and rescue our family when we needed it. And they promised they would. They told her dad they would look out for them. Yep. And then they didn't. So they lied. So then, but then Ace comes in and he kills the roaches and then takes her to the cathedral. And then it's like, I, I was, I, I'm, you know, picturing it. And it's like, here's Ace Anarchy, you know, this grown man, adult. And he comes in bringing this little girl and in, into his home. And well, I mean, home, it's there. It's a cathedral. cathedral. <laughs> 
base of operations, base, his yes. clubhouse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> for the for the anarchists. And he brings her in. And I'm sorry, how cool is that though? The anarchist clubhouse. Like, I love that. <laughs> that is kind of fun, isn't it? I like that too. <laughs> but it's we just, should um we should create our own clubhouse and that would be like that would be the you name. could start a Patreon chat and it would be called like the Anarchist Clubhouse. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, I mean, he brings her to the Anarchist Clubhouse and there's like all these other, you know, because because Nova's the youngest one because all the other anarchists are older. They're adults. She's- six years old she's a baby these are grown up people and she's a baby (laughs) and they're all like um ace what's with the kid you know like (laughs) these are like grown (laughs) badass adults Uh who are like weaponizing their powers and fighting the good fight and like literally at war with other people and he shows up with this punk kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. These guys are just like, dude, why'd you bring um, a kid into the mobster clubhouse? Like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> well, and she, and she even says like half of them kind of don't really even bother with her. No. You know, they're like, like, what do we do with kids? We, I don't know what to do here. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, Ace is great with her. And then I think she's like, honey, honey was good with her. But the other one's like, don't really bother with her very much. They're just like, okay, whatever. She's here. Right. You know, they kind of tolerate her. <laughs> and, but then, and then they have to move. They eventually move into the subway tunnels, which I love that they have that connecting tunnel from the cathedral to the subway system. Yeah. Like someone was like, not only are we going to have our own anarchist clubhouse, now we're going to move over here, but we're going to have tunnels to connect them just because you know and we have like an anarchist clubhouse and then we have our mobster clubhouse and then there's a tunnel (laughs) that connects the two it's nice i love it (laughs) it's like um in movies when they have a restaurant with a back room full of gambling yes yes (laughs) caraval is like that it's absolutely it's like a maze of different hidden rooms and gems like that including a den of gambling there is a den of gambling involved honestly i'm surprised there's just a den of gambling involved yeah there may have (laughs) been like there might be more things we just don't know about yet (laughs) but that's what i think too but um it's when they when they talk about when marissa meyer talks about um the cathedral and like okay because we're in the spoiler section where where ace is like underneath there in the catacombs i'm sorry did that not kill you i was like whoa oh yeah the first time i read the book i was like book down and took a breath like what just happened i was like wait wait what what he's still alive him's dead yeah him is dead. I don't understand. And He's then I was dead. like, wait, did they ever actually say Mm-mm. that he was dead? The renegades think he's dead. But, but did they ever say that? Hmm. Nope. Nope. Circumstantial, your honor. It's all circumstantial. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I just like when, so when she talks about it and like the bones and stuff and how it is. So I went I've been to Italy and we went to on a tour of like these, well, multiple, not just one, the old like cathedrals and stuff in Italy, the old Duomas, the churches. 
And we went down into the catacombs to see like how they buried them and where they put the bodies and the tombstone. Like, so I always just have this very vivid picture of what it's like down there. And it always gives me the shivers because it was because going down in there is like, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. You know, it's like that. I mean, it was really cool at the same time though. I was like, yeah, I totally want to see this, but it's also that once you get down there, it's like, those are dead people's bodies in there. There's bones in there. There's dead people. A lot of, there's like hundreds down here. This is really, that would totally over overwhelm me. I think (laughs) I might need a Benadryl before I go in there. (laughs) (laughs) I might need something to calm my nerves. (laughs) it's, It's a perfect setting though for ACE. I love it. You know, like, he wasn't just, they weren't just above in the cathedrals. They were below. And then that, that's his, his hiding place is below. And I love the reveal of him too. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, why is she walking down this tunnel? Who is she going to see? What is happening? And then he's just like floating. Yes. Like, a, like a God, like an Levitating. expired God phantom that we thought was dead, but is not. Right. And I was just like, whoa, this is this. Okay. All right, Marissa, you got me. I was already hooked, but I am definitely picking up book number two. Right? <laughs> and then, like, the last line is the of the book, he's just like, I knew you would do well, my little nightmare. And I was like, that's it. And then, oh, okay, great. Let me pick up book two right now. <laughs> I love when, I love and hate when books have magnificent endings like that, though. You know, like, yes. um, book two in the, the Elixir series by Hilary Duff ends with, like, they're in this, spoiler, if anybody actually reads decided to if anyone in the world besides me read the series the young adult series that Hillary Duff wrote um but book two ends with like they're in this battle and the boy and she's just like trying to run and the boy's trying to run and then it's just like I heard a gunshot and my life flashed before my eyes I took a deep breath and turned around and I'm like and that's how it ends that's and then insane. Hillary Duff ended up getting pregnant. So the book that was supposed to come out got delayed by like two years. And I'm like, oh, okay, no. book two ends with a gunshot and I have to wait two years. Like that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I was really happy that I hadn't started the um, Aurora rising series earlier than I did because when I read the end of book two, I was like, what the heck just happened now it's like (laughs) it's the the end of book two it's like everybody is in imminent danger and you don't know what's going to happen but fortunately I only have to wait till November (laughs) for book three versus having to wait like two years Marissa is pretty much the only person that I auto buy everyone else if it's a series I'm like I'll wait like Serpent and Dove Mm -hmm. as soon as I found out it was a trilogy I was like I'll wait but the third book comes out this year in the fall. So actually August. So August. see, in no. August, I can read all three. But right now, I'm yes. going to wait. Okay. That's, that's, that's why good. I'll never read because... the Game of Thrones books. Because if he's not going to commit to finishing the books, I certainly can't commit to reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I, I also read 
or I'm reading the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown. And it's almost like two separate trilogies, really, because the first three books take place with the main character starting when he's 16. But then the second or book four starts like 10 years after the end of book three. So it's almost like two separate trilogies. Book five came out in, I think it was 2019. He still hasn't put out book six. He posts and he, he like never posts updates, except last month he posted an update and basically said, I wrote 200,000 words and I trashed them all because I didn't like it. And I'm like, you're starting over. Do you understand? You like, know what? And book though, two, as book a writer, four, that me, happens book, sometimes. You know, but book five. You read through it and you're like, this is crap. <laughs> But when you, when you have a book five that does, and you do yeah. what he did in book five, which I don't want to say, but it's like your, your readers are going to kill you for not getting it out sooner. I, I mean, see, that's why I can't oh trust. Um, uh, it's rough. Whoever the George R. R. Martin, that's why I can't trust him. Mm-hmm. I, I, people have been waiting for way too many years. As soon as I read that interview where he said he might not finish the books because he just doesn't know what to do. I was like, oh, I don't trust you at all. No, not going to read that. No. And then I find out like, he's not the healthiest man in the world. And I was like, oh. yeah, no, I'm not reading your books until you finish. If you can't finish mm-hmm. writing them, I don't know why I should finish reading them. Yeah. And everyone who's listening, who really loves Game of Thrones, please don't at me. I'm sure it's a wonderful series. I just, (laughs) I have anxiety issues and I know that I can't handle a series not being finished. It's fine. I'm the same way. (laughs) (laughs) But so I love it because the other thing about the ending for this one is not only that Ace is alive, but we have also discovered that his helmet was in fact not destroyed and it is intact. Entirely intact. Yep. Should it somehow get back into his hands, he could actually wield that thing again. So that's, you know, that's a big if right there going into book two. Yes. And I love that. One of my favorite parts, like I think the first time I got chills while reading the book is when they're on their little stakeout and they're all talking about their origin stories and how they Mm -hmm. got their powers. And Nova reveals to all of them how her family died and that she hasn't, you know, and then she doesn't sleep anymore. And there's a moment where they look at her and they say, when was the last time you went to sleep? And she said, when I was six. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember just getting chills up my arms because that was such a, um, I don't know, like poetic and, and dramatic and satisfying sad moment for me to just feel like yeah the last time yeah yeah because she starts off with like well my family died when I was six and then we don't come back to her and her family for like Mm -hmm. the rest of the chapter and then at the very end they're like well when was the last time you went to sleep and she looks at them and goes when I was six and then she just gets up and walks away and I'm like dude that's a (laughs) mic drop if I ever heard one like (laughs) definitely (laughs) that's some chills right there yeah and then you know it's big realization for all of them like oh I see you know and in her mind she's like when I was six when the renegades your people didn't rescue my family oh and you all suck and by the way I'm gonna betray you eventually but whatever bye you know like she's in her head like, she's literally <laughs> like when I was six and you betrayed me that's I mean, right uh <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so Renegade. So we have kind of the start of like an enemies to lovers kind of trope in this with Nova and Adrian. It's obviously, it's it's very much more apparent first with Adrian that he's developing feelings for Nova. And whereas, you know, Nova, of course, is like, he's a renegade. I'm not going to have feelings for this dude, despite the fact that she keeps saying how good looking he is and whatnot, how his shirts just fit him just right. <laughs> just the right way. I love those. Yeah. Um, I, I love the part where she's talking about like the moon glinting <laughs> off of his like dark, like warm, dark skin. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love the little things that he does for her. Like, Oh, he's so He brings her sandwiches at 3 a.m. He brings her food. He's like, she's probably hungry. What kind of food does she like? I'll just get a bunch of stuff just in case. Oscar will eat it. Like, he's so cute. But at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m. That's not his normal sleep schedule. Right? Like, he's like, oh, Noah's up. You know, up. She's not sleeping. She's at work. I'll I'll just bring her sandwich. It's so cute. It's almost... It's almost dual because it's almost like friends to lovers and enemies to lovers. Because like, yeah. if you think about it, like no Nova and Adrian are somewhat equals, right? And mm-hmm. somewhat, com- and by the end of it, they're basically friends, but there's like a tension there because she has a secret. Right. So, but on the other side of that, you have the Centennial and Nightmare who are mm-hmm. definitely enemies. But again, right. there's that, there's that tension there. So it's almost like we have two different love stories happening between the same two people. Yeah. Which is, it's really cool. Cause it gives it a really interesting depth to it. You know, yeah, and like, I, I understand Marissa now, like when she says that this series was like time consuming and exhausting um, oh, and that yeah. it took all so much work. And I, I, now I'm like, yeah, of, of course it did. All right. Of, there's so many moving parts that I, as a reader can barely keep track. Like well, as I mean, a writer, I would definitely need like thousands of notebooks. Oh my gosh. I would have like one of those cork boards where I have like little mm-hmm. red, red yarn wrapping everybody together. Yes. <laughs> I mean, cause by the time you finish this series and you get to the end of book three and you're like, whoa, now, now I get it. Like all of this connected to this and this was part of this and this happened because of this. And this is, I mean, there are so many moving parts. Like you said, it's crazy. Yeah. I like too, when he, he's all like, he tries, he tries the like, <laughs> to be sly and like, this is a date, but not a date kind of thing. <laughs> like he invites her to go to Cos- Cosmopolis. I don't even know how to say that. Cosmopolis. How do you say that? Cosmopolis Park is how Cosmopolis. I say it. Cosmopolis. Okay. Can we call it Cosmo? Cosmo Park. Um, Cosmopolis Park. And he's like, hey, let's go check this out. Maybe we can, fi- you know, find some things out about Nightmare. And then they go and they're just like playing games and doing all this fun stuff and getting food. And then Nova's like, wait a minute. How come Oscar and Ruby and Dana aren't here? Because it's a date. Right? Is this, <laughs> is this a date? What's going on? I don't understand. And then she asks him. And then he's like, well, if it was a date, would you be okay with that? And then she just kind of doesn't respond. And she walks away. And I was like, oh. And then later, after the fight with um, Nightmare and the Detonator, and she, you know, Nova gets like well kind of knocked out we know really what happened but you know and he finds nudge nudge right he's like i love this quote where he says i'm going to be chivalrous and carry you to safety now 
<laughs> I like that. He's asking permission to touch her. I know. And he also so knows cute. that, like, as Nova, she's like, I can walk. Right? <laughs> because she totally is that way. Can we talk about the Detner, though? That girl yes. is sus. I can't. Oh. I can't with her. Like, I she don't, aggravates me so much. I'm like, dude, too. whose side are you on? Because she's messing with the plan. She's right. And she does that twice. Twice. Like I was trying to, and it makes you wonder how many times she's done that in the past that we don't know about. Right. Like why, why was she a part of the group for as long as she was? Why did they not kick her out sooner? I mean, was she waiting for Nova to come up and be like, okay, now I'm 16 and I really, am really, really mad about my parents. And now I have this plan to get back to the renegades. And so now Ingrid's like, Ooh, here's my chance. (laughs) I I think characters like Ingrid and Janissa Clark give us examples that there can be bad people Mm -hmm. on both sides. Like yes, Ingrid loves chaos. Mm -hmm. She needs and thrives on chaos. So she's not necessarily like, planning everything out she just wants to watch the world burn and then janissa clark is classic example of someone who got way too much power she's the girl like if she were a hall monitor you would get like (laughs) detention for not tying your shoe like you know she's like nasty there she is on a power trip like oh my gosh yes absolutely every time i see her name and i she comes into the story i'm like oh janissa you know like she's that character who you love to hate oh she's just so mean and nasty and but like i mean ingrid she betrays nova when they go to see the librarian and she betrayed mm-hmm. the librarian because the poor dude didn't know what was going on then she kills the librarian which I mean, I felt bad about, but then it's funny because Nova feels bad about it. But then at the same time, she's like, well, Ingrid was probably right. Well, yeah. And and (laughs) she's like, Ingrid was probably right. He probably would have given me away. So there's that. (laughs) So it's like, I mean, that's free, but there's some things where it's like, I get what they're saying. I get some of the stuff they have to do where it's like, okay, yeah, that covers it up. Yeah, but like the innocent, naive part of me is like, but do we have to murder people? Right. Is there a way we could do it, but not murder people? It's like Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's like cool motive, but that's still murder. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, and the other thing too about that is, so she kills the librarian, right? He's dead, but Narcissa, Narcissa, I don't know. I say Narcissa, but I think that's a Harry Potter thing. Who knows? She, but <laughs> she escapes. But so mm-hmm. now here's the thing. Now we've got Narcissa hanging over our heads because she's escaped. Her oh, what she's was she? a mirror walker. I know. That's Talk a, cool about power. a cool power. The only right? problem is the only problem is like or like it, reflective surfaces you, in general. I guess right. Yeah, but do you like know where you're gonna end up? That's the thing. Yeah, like my thing is once anywhere. you step into the mirror, where are you? Yeah. Like how See, do this you know is the where kind of thing out? I'm gonna ask Marissa at some point, and she's gonna be like, Bethany, I didn't go that much into detail for a reason. It's it's left <laughs> ambiguous. <laughs> but this is a bit, but this this kind of question though, I mean, where does she go? It's a legit question. And how do you know where you're gonna come out? She probably doesn't know where she's gonna come out. And then you are you lost all the time? Like, how does this work? Does she have to come out of the same mirror? Is the question. I don't I don't know. But my thing is, is that she's out there now on the loose, really angry mm-hmm. because was he her uncle, grandpa, 
I can't remember their relationship right now. I think it was right her now. uncle. Uncle. The librarian. It might be grandpa. Everyone listening is screaming at us. I know, because we <laughs> should know this. Give me a break. I've been teaching all day, okay? It's the end of the year and my kids are out of their minds. Um, anyway. <laughs> no, I just, but, you know, so he's dead and she's really mad about it. And now she's out there. And is she going to come back? We don't know. Now this is, this is like another, like one of those like minor threats hanging over in the air that like, is just gets put out there by an author and then gets forgotten about until maybe later. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Well, I do know, but I'm not going to tell everybody listening in case yeah, you, you don't want to ruin books. it for everybody. <laughs> so, you know, so then there's that too. Okay. The second time that Ingrid betrays Nova, right? When they're in Cosmopolis Park. Yes. I, I go back and forth on this, like having read it now multiple times, I still am like, because there's a conversation that happens between Nova and Ingrid that we don't see in the book. Mm -hmm. Like when they plan the whole, uh, attack between the detonator. We get kind of like a cut to black where they're like, let's come up with a plan. And then we go to Adrian's perspective. And then when we come back to Nova, the plan has already been set and we didn't see what happened, right. like the planning process. So it's like when you read it the first time, it comes across as the detonator is betraying her because she tells Adrian, oh, we planned this whole thing so that you would think we were dead. You know what I mean? But then it's like, but then she's like, well, but Nightmare is dead, but I'm not. Although she ends up dying because she gets killed by Nova. But like, but it's like, okay, so did the detonator, was that part of their plan that the detonator tells Adrian that they had planned it all out so that they would fake their deaths or was she betraying her then? I can't figure that part out. The only thing I could think of to explain that would be that if this situation happened where they were faking their deaths, they're going to want a body and they can't have a body because Nova is her own body. Right. Right. So is this Ingrid's way of saying like nightmare is dead slash I killed her so that they're not like looking for certain, so that they're not looking for an investigation or something. She's like, look, you don't need to investigate. Here are all the pieces. Yeah. I mean, that could be trying to avoid them like looking into it too heavily where they might see all the holes. Yeah. It's just one of those things we don't know. I mean, it eventually could ask Marissa, I guess, but <laughs> write it. I think so. <laughs> write it down for next time. Dear Marissa, I could send her an email. Um, okay. Hey, Marissa, I have I a email question. Her every once in a while just to like say, hey, I hope you're doing well. <laughs> I have a question. Um, so was Ingrid? Yeah. I mean, I think it, every I think once it, in a while I ask her a question and she's like, I think you read these more closely than, than I, I wrote them. <laughs> like and I, I do because like obviously when she was writing it she wasn't expecting someone to be like I'm going to analyze each individual word once a week until we cover every word in the book <laughs> but know. um you know I, I as th- a writer sometimes you um you know you're okay with just having a surface level and you're okay with leaving mm-hmm. stuff ambiguous and letting the reader draw their own conclusions and have their own experiences because yeah you know that's why they have that saying that no 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 book is read by the same person right um because we all have our own experiences when we're reading it and mm-hmm. so sometimes leaving those moments ambiguous it allows us talks like this where we can say this is what i thought this is what i thought what do we really think yeah happened 
I think it does make sense. Like, I feel like when you're reading it at first, you're like, wait, what is Ingrid doing? Why is she telling Adrian the plan? Is she, uh, you know, betraying Nova again? But then it, it does, I feel like, come out more like, no, this had to be part of the plan because Ingrid's like, but I, I'm here, but I betrayed Nightmare and she's actually dead for real, you know, to make them think, think that. It makes me think of a line from the dark knight by which is a a batman movie yep where he says some men just want to watch the world burn yeah i feel like ingrid she just thrives on that chaos and if she feels like something isn't melodramatic enough on the spot she's going to be like i know what's going to tip the scales well she blows up half of cosmopolis park that, tip, mean, that gives her back that <laughs> melodramatic flair, puts the attention back on her, makes her the center of attention, which is what she loves. Exactly. What course, she thrives on. Then she ends up dead as a result. But, you know. That's I just mean. natural consequences. That's a <laughs> cautionary tale right there. Very true. Very true. Okay. So what do we think about the Sentinel? Like, is a- Adrian, oh my gosh, is this just stupid? Like, is he just like power crazy is he just experimenting is he just like far too like too far bent on getting nightmare i feel like i go I back and forth with this like if i, I like it or power not power crazy i think he's hungry to prove himself he has a hunger to prove that he's more than the son of the you know renegade power couple the son right. of the fallen warrior um legend you know he's he's has a hunger to go above and beyond what a normal renegade would do and he feels like the rules and the laws that the renegades enforce limit him to what he could accomplish if he didn't have any rules and laws yeah and so i think with adrian a lot of it is it just comes from a place of like this desire to prove himself Mm-hmm. because and I agree with that because the other thing too is that even when both of his dads and the rest of the council are like oh we don't know who this is we have nothing to do with him we don't we don't like him we don't claim him he's not a renegade he still wants to do it you know like his dads his dads are like no you know we don't know this person we're disowning them and yet he's like no, but I still have to be this person. I still need to see what else I can do and find nightmare. I think that the council, you know, they have an image to worry about. They, Mm -hmm. they have public relations to deal with. If they acknowledge the Sentinel and back him and show that they support him, they're now responsible for all of his actions and they have no control over him. He obviously doesn't follow or abide by their laws. So they're like, yeah, no, he's not one of us. And I think Adrian, you know, he's limited as yeah. a renegade. He is limited. He can't go out and test all of his powers. He can't go out and see what he's really capable of. He can't go yeah. crazy. And, you know, those laws and regulations are there. So, so, so to speak, they're supposedly there to keep people safe, but right. he just finds them limiting and the Sentinel that gives him an outlet. It gives him a way to to have fun with it, I think. And to just be like, well, I don't have to follow the rules. I, Adrian, have to follow the rules. But the Sentinel, my alter ego, he can do whatever the hell he wants because he's just a vigilante. Right. I think this is going to sound really weird, like a really strange comparison. I'm just warning all of you right now. Here we go. So 
when you were just talking about it and how he feels really limited, but like he wants to try it out and test his powers to see what he can do. I just had this image of Elsa in my head. <laughs> Like how in Frozen, her parents are yeah, like, no, let no. it go, girl. You got to put the gloves on, conceal it, don't feel it, you know, and they make her like hide her powers. And then she lets it go and she creates all this stuff, you know, to see what she was capable of. <laughs> like, I would pay good mm. money to see Adrian on top of a mountain, like take off let his go. glasses in a flourish and just go, <laughs> let it go. Like I would love would to be see that. Hilarious. That would make me so happy. <laughs> I think, I think that's what I need now. Like I need somebody, I need somebody to draw some fan art of Adrian acting like he's <laughs> Elsa and letting his powers go, please. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a random plot note point. Okay. Okay. The whole thing with the librarian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nova's in the building with and, you know, the detonator's there. She's trying to destroy the building, blow it up. It's on fire. She, Nova is in the room with Narcissa and the librarian, and they're trying to figure out how to escape. They keep asking her, especially Narcissa, why did you betray us? Why did you do this? Nova doesn't say anything. Why doesn't she tell them that that's not what the plan was and that the detonator, Ingrid, is the one who betrayed them and that that wasn't the plan? That they were supposed I to know ahead of time. At this point in time, she still trusts Ingrid. And so she thinks Ingrid is doing all of this for a reason. And so she's so? like, I think at that point, she's mm-hmm. like, where's Ingrid going with this? Even as the library is on fire? Because I was kind of like, I don't understand. You need to be telling them. Because then for me, then like I said, later when Narcissa um, escapes, I feel like that's more fuel for Narcissa because now she thinks that Nova was in on it. Right. So not only did Ingrid kill her grandfather, but Nova was in on it too, is what she thinks. So that's even more fuel for her fire. I wonder if Nova is the type of person to try and see how things play out before she responds. Because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of times throughout the book and the series where people will say things to her and she has a thought in her head, but she just kind of is like, hmm, out loud and doesn't actually give anything away. So it might just be like a personality trait of hers that she's not quick to comment. But I agree that that's a little bit of a plot hole that she doesn't do or say anything that that gives us a better um, implication of why she's not like defending herself in that moment. Right. And then again, I mean, maybe it's something where we see Narcissa in future books. Like maybe that's why too, a plot yeah. device. Maybe that was just Marissa's We need plot, plot device. devices or it's boring. <laughs> we do. We can't have a story about superheroes where they just like go to tea parties and there's no drama. <laughs> like that's so not fun. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. So the last kind of like big plot point thing that I wanted to talk about um, is mm-hmm. Max and agent n I love max me too but he also like, max breaks my heart i know he has no contact with the world except chromium and he's yep. too busy i You're know the only person that can touch this kid and you give can't that boy a hug at least once a day agreed i think he should be going in there at least once a day yeah and why can't why can't they get like, why doesn't Adrian put on the suit and go in there and give right. the kid a hug? You know what I mean? Like, 
they've got the suits. I know that they're trying to be really careful, but, and they only let the I think medical the people suits in there. Are, I, I think the suits are not as helpful as they might, might lead people to believe. That could be true. I could see that. It just really, I, yeah, it just, it does make you sad. And I keep picturing like, I get picturing his little glass city, you know, his setup of Gatlinburg city. And I, and I keep thinking like, how does he walk in there? <laughs> I mean, he's alone he's hundred so percent of the time. Like he's just gotten used to being yeah, careful around everything. Careful. But of course it has to be a glass city because we need plot points, right? That's right. Glass is going to cause some plot points. Right. Because Nova's there working till at 3 a.m. The night that Adrian comes to bring That's a pretty sandwiches. terrifying scene. And I love oh, it the, is. like, I love the, the drop moment when Adrian is like, I'm going to give her these sandwiches. I'm going to say this. No, I'm going to say this. No, I'm going to. Oh my God. And he drops the sandwiches yes. and like bolts. Like I love that. It's very cinematic <laughs> when you're reading it. You can picture all of it happening. It is. And then later he's like, he tries to tell her, yeah, I brought you sandwiches, but they're um, over there now. <laughs> they're on, on the, the floor. floor. If you still want them. Actually, Oscar might've actually Oscar. eaten them. Even though they're on the floor, have. Oscar still might've eaten them. Oh my gosh. I love also Oscar. Oscar's hunger is uh, like a story after my own heart. Oscar being like, I love fries and pizza. I'm like, yes, yes. you get me. That's right. <laughs> I love you, Oscar. <laughs> but it is, I it, yeah, it's, I do love Max. And then we get, you know, they're taking all the blood samples and stuff from him. And then we find out at the end about Agent Agent N that oh, they're creating God, using N. Max's blood. And they, they just say, all prodigies will be renegades. And you're like, um, what the heck does that mean? Like, what, what are they going to do with agent N? Like, and then, you know what we talked about earlier with like Janissa being power hungry and taking it too far. Yeah. This is power hungry and taking it too far. Oh, definitely. You cannot control everything. And that's what they're trying to do because if they, if they, if they were to implement this into a law, can you imagine the amount of underground people that would cause? Like, you're going to create an entire subculture of people that are now hiding from you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think about it, too. It's like Nova brings up earlier on in the book, you know, she says to them, well, the council, you know, renegades, you can't do everything. So why don't you have people form their own little, like, squad? Police department, fire department. Right. Like, yeah. Why don't you have that? And then you don't have to worry about doing everything. Civil servants. What happened to that system? Right. Like, and they're just like, oh, we don't trust anybody to do that. And now with agent N it's like, okay, so now what are you going to do? Now you're going to like take over and turn them all into renegade zombies or something like well, you're trying to control everything. And that's, and that's another one of those points where it's like, okay, you're supposed to be the good guys, but are you really, are you taking it too far? And so you're kind They're of the bad guys. That's the moment where it's like, when, when you're willing to use an infant child to get your, mm-hmm. to win your war, when you consider yes. the, when you, when you are trying to decide how do I win this war and you're mm-hmm. not going up against quote the bad guys, right? Like you both have right. basically a civil war and you just have like different opinions of how things should be run. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're taking out Nazis or something. Right. And you think, you know what I could do? I could use this like four month old baby 
And then I can keep him in a cage for the rest of his life and use his blood to annihilate the rest of my enemies. It's like, are you that, are you sure you're the uh-huh. good guys? And they think that doesn't that sound like a good guy to me. No. That and sounds like, like someone who doesn't get, that sounds like someone who gets coal in their stocking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice analogy. Coal in their stocking. That's right. Santa's not coming to your house. No. Santa no. might actually take your stocking away. He mean, he might be like, you know what? You just don't get anything. No presents for you. Not even going to give you my coal. That's for the naughty kids, <laughs> not the evil ones. Seriously. And it's like, they see nothing wrong with it. And that's the problem. The problem is that they see nothing wrong with it. And that's how, you know, they have too much power because they're not questioning, you know, do we have the power and authority to do this? Are we taking it too far? Their thought process is we're the law. We can do whatever the hell we Mm -hmm. want. We don't need the people's opinion. We don't need a vote. We don't need their thoughts on it. We don't need representatives. We do what we want because we're in charge. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're all renegades or you have nothing. Yep. And I love that Nova questions it all. Like mm-hmm. it's funny cause she is not afraid to stand up to uh, Adrian's dads. Like, and she'll just ask them and say whatever. And as she Nova McQueen, them, as her, right. As Nova, her, not nightmare as Nova, not nightmare as her, um, yeah, her, uh, her, alias. her secret identity or Thank whatever you. you want to call it. Like, yeah. even then she's like, well, I'm still going to quit back. Like they don't have to know I'm nightmare to know that I don't like their ways. Right. I, but I, I love that she does that because she's not the kind of person who, I mean, aside from the fact, you know, that she's there for revenge because of what happened to her parents and Evie, um, she just, just as a person in general is like, this is wrong. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing this. Don't you see what you're doing right now? Like you're using this poor little 10 year old boy's blood to like annihilate people or whatever you're going to do, put them all under your control. You used him imagine when he was four the, months old to soak up Ace's the, power. Um, Imagine the trauma that that's going to cause for Max, knowing that he's mm-hmm. responsible, not intentionally, of course, but like right. knowing that his power is responsible for all of this yeah, destruction. Yeah. I mean, that's devastating. Definitely. I mean, you realize like he felt, he felt bad enough as it was just when Nova and Adrian came in the, um, his enclosure to mm-hmm. help him because he was worried that he took all their powers away you know so imagine what (laughs) finding out whatever agent n's gonna do would do to him yeah i agree not good not good any other thoughts or plot points you wanted to bring up before we wrap this up just everybody read the rest of the series so i can talk about all the other stuff i want to (laughs) mention yay um everybody should and then in four years tune into prince kai fan pod where we'll (laughs) talk about it (laughs) Mark that on your calendar, friends. Four years from now. <laughs> I have my little schedule. You guys, I wish that you could all see this because Bethany has got, I mean, it's like she's shown me this schedule. I mean, it's, it's crazy, crazy, right? It's crazy, but it's so, so fantastic. Awesome that you have it all blocked out and planned out I that do. much of detail ahead of time. I love it. So Renegades is going to start in July of 2023. So not that all far right. off, actually. Two years. Two years. Yeah, it's fine. I even have Gilded on here. So we start Gilded in June of 2025. Oh, my word. So that's what's <laughs> in four years. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Sounds okay. like a good note as any to call it a night. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
Um, one last quick little thing. I thought of this as we were talking about um, the whole incident that happened with Max, Max when he was levitating and she goes to rescue him because um, mm-hmm. he hurts himself because he kept Caesar. So at that point, you know what I would like? I wanted, I wanted, speaking of maps, like we talked about earlier, I wanted like a schematic, like a map of that building, the Renegades headquarters. Cause I was like, in my head, I'm like, I need to see how her office is located in a spot where she can look out over and see his enclosure and how his enclosure overlooks the lobby. I'm like, I need a visual of this design you know of the what building. I was picturing, I was picturing like, um, like a big bank. Okay. And then you know how some banks have like 40 foot ceilings? Yes. I was picturing like a big bank. So then like, instead of having tellers, you would have like desks and stuff, Mm -hmm. cubicles and whatnot. And like this big open space. And then in the back half above this floating from the ceiling, like hanging from the ceiling, that's where the enclosure is. So like at any given time, you could just look up and, oh, hey, there's Max. Yeah, That was my thought. I obviously don't know how <laughs> accurate that is, but like in my brain, it makes sense. That's how I picture it. So this it is does. why I can't draw fan art. Cause like, I don't even know how uh, to explain it. <laughs> me either. I, but I feel like that's the one thing, like even rereading it, I'm like, I still don't have a good, I mean, not that like she describes it well, but I just, for me, I'm like, I just don't have a good visual grasp <laughs> on it. I'm like trying to picture it. I don't know. Anyways. I'm good. I'm Googling renegades fan art max enclosure and i want to see what happens Ooh, that would be great if something comes up if it does email it to me and then i don't have anything but those of you listening if you are an artist please draw stuff i do fan art friday every week and so does leah and we need more stuff for renegades yes that's true although i will say um I haven't actually done a fan art Friday in a long time, <laughs> but you do it sometimes. I do, I do it and sometimes. If they give you something, yep. I yep, will post I, it. I for sure I will. will share it in two years. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll share it now, you guys. So <laughs> seriously, though, if you if you are listening and you do fan art, you can email it to me at yabookchat at gmail.com. That would actually be really cool. And then I will feature it on my Instagram account. Yay. Um, All right. So good spot to wrap up. Speaking Mm -hmm. of Instagram, Bethany, tell everybody where they can follow Prince Kai Fan Pod. So Prince Kai Fan Pod is everywhere at Prince Kai Fan Pod. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Instagram, Podbean, Spotify, Facebook, uh, Twitter, but I don't really use it. There's a Prince Kai Fan Pod website. I have merchandise. Yeah, Yeah. it's just all over the place. You can find, I've done I think three episodes with Marissa Meyer now. So if you've read the Lunar Chronicles and you're curious about certain details, uh, check out my podcast. We literally go every single chapter. So yep. <laughs> it's pretty in-depth. It is. Uh, we're currently covering Ferris, which is book 3.5. That's right. It's like when I explain to people that the Star Wars movie Rogue One is like episode 3.5. <laughs> the same thing it's like I actually just watched for the first time I just watched Star Wars um a few months ago and I only saw three well again strobe effects right so I usually don't watch movies like that and they are all on on Disney so yes I went to go and watch them and my husband was like making the popcorn I was getting it already and he's like no that's not right and I was like no, it says, it says one. He's like, yeah, but you don't no. start at one. And I was no. like, 
what do you mean you don't start at one? He's like, well, you start at three. And uh-huh. I was like, you start at three? And he's like, you do? he's like, so you watch three, four, and five, and then you go back and watch one or no, four, five, and six. Four, five, and then six. You do watch one, two, and three. And then there's this, and then there's this. And I was like, how do you keep track of all of this? Okay. If you ever, <laughs> he, he's not wrong, but if you ever, if you, if that's not the, okay. That's the order that they were made in. Yes. If you so that's the order watch- he says I should have watched them in, which is, which is how I'm watching them, but I've only seen okay four, five, and six. Well, that's okay. Okay. We'll have a Star Wars discussion in a second. Hold anyways. Hold on. Sorry, everybody. We're, I can't go down that rabbit trail. It could be a long time. It um, could be a long time. And I do have class, so that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> But if I will say this, if you ever want a list of chronological order, how to watch them, you let me know and I'll get you that. But your husband yes. is, yeah. How, chronological- he's not wrong, but he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. That's what I I'm hearing. Do a whole thing. He's not wrong, but he's wrong. No. I, yeah. I, I have my opinions and thoughts on it. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I will post links to all of Bethany's Prince Kai fan pod, social media and website and all of Patreon and all the jazz in the show notes for today. So be sure to check that out and go and listen to her podcast. It is super fun. Um, I have had the chance to be a guest on it and I always love it. If you haven't listened to it, you should also go back and listen to my very first episode of this podcast, which is Heartless. And Bethany was my guest for that. And it was so much fun. And she also did Instant Karma with me, which was a lot of fun as well. So um, isn't that crazy that like, I still can't believe I was your first guest. I know. I feel like that gives me like, um, like, like super cool status somehow. It does. You have a very... (laughs) Very high honorary status. And now we're like podcast besties and it's awesome. Yes, I love which it. Which is great because anyone who's ever had a podcast knows that it can get very stressful sometimes. Yes. The only thing left, Bethany, is for us to meet in real life. In person. I'm hoping so because I have, I'm have i moving to Vegas soon, which is even further away from you. I know. That's so sad. Like, that makes me uh, sad. So right. what well, we we'll need something is the... Out. the book festival in November needs to happen this year so I can go and we can hang out. As of right now, it is scheduled to be in person. Yay! Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you as always for being here. It was so much fun. for having me. Of course. And we will, of course, do this again. So yay. And thank you to all of you for listening and for being here. And we will chat again soon. Today's episode featured the book Renegades by Marissa Meyer. Be sure to follow YA Book Chat on Instagram. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you can get your episodes as soon as they are available. And have you checked out the YA Book Chat Patreon page? If you haven't, you should. There are lots of great perks available to my patrons. YA Book Chat was created, is hosted and edited by me, Leah Stuller.